save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. <laughs> Welcome to Theology Throwdown! We, the Christian Podcast community of podcasters, gather to discuss our theological differences with love and charity. This is a ministry of striving for eternity. Well, we are back for another episode of Theology Throwdown, where all of the different Christian podcast community podcasters get together. Well, not all of them, but those who show up and we discuss different topics that we, well, may or may not agree with one another on, and we will discuss those. Tonight's topic is Christmas traditions. Do you have any? I hope not. Um, oh, I might get myself in trouble right from the beginning. All right, we will see. We're 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 going to definitely have a a entertaining show for you today. Uh, I I know because I know some of the things that are going to come up, and I'll probably be the man out when it comes to this. <laughs> but we, I will explain why uh, later on. I'm sure. So uh, we're going to go through round real quick and let everyone introduce themselves and their podcast, just so you guys can who are listening can hear the voice and know who that is. And also, so if you go, man, that person has some brilliance, you may want to go check out the rest of their podcast. Just saying. So the topic again that we're going to talk about is Christian traditions. Uh, are they biblical? Are they not? Should we have them? Should we not? Uh, if we should have them, what are some good things to do? What are some maybe things we should avoid? And so that's going to be the topic of tonight. I'm going to start off with someone who we, I don't know if he's been in a theology throwdown before because he's always been working, but now he's retired. We know him as Captain America in his day job, but on the side, when he's not playing the role of Captain America, he's here podcasting. And so we'll let Chris Honholds, you go first, introduce yourself. Well, I just gave your name, but uh, explain your, your podcast. Maybe you could even explain why we call you Captain America. <laughs> well, I think with that kind of introduction, I think anything else I give will just be a letdown. <laughs> but as, as Andrew has said, I'm Chris Honholtz. I am one of the two hosts for Voice of Reason Radio. I, myself and Richard Story do as much as we can a weekly podcast uh, where it's basically two guys having a conversation about a variety of topics from a biblical perspective. Our hope in that program has always been twofold. Number one, that we glorify God and number two, that we edify the saints. And our hope is in that in those conversations, what we're aiming for people to do is to look to the scriptures. That's, that's the only real voice of reason, which is where the name comes from. And that's what we want everybody to filter their, their view of life through. So however you address anything should be through the scriptures. And so that's the basic uh, premise of the show. It's just two 
Christian brethren uh, from, uh, you know, different walks of life, not theologians, not pastors, uh, anything like that, just talking about these and trying to talk through the issues. And hopefully we give something that is helpful uh, to the listeners. As far as Captain America, you're never going to let this go. Uh, <laughs> uh, it started because my family, when my, my sons were younger, we would go to the comic conventions and we would dress up. And so we progressively improved our the quality of our costumes and I own a Captain America suit and a couple of different shields and would go and, uh, and do this with the family. Uh, don't do it as much now. Um, it, uh, kids have gotten older and a lot of other things are going on, but that's where that comes from. Uh, Andrew likes to, you know, try to claim that I am Captain America. I just want to point out, I am a nearly 50 year old retired law enforcement officer who is overweight, out of shape and nothing but a groupie at best. So <laughs> that's where all that comes from. <laughs> And folks, the real reason he doesn't play Captain America anymore is because, well, he doesn't fit into the suit. Not as well as I used to. <laughs> I think it had something to do with when he was playing. You know, folks, if you think that's like, so I'll just say, I do respect Chris for dressing as Captain America because one of the things he would do is go into hospitals dressed as Captain America to kids who are in the, the hospital and cheer them up. And I've seen how that is, but he did almost suffer death when playing a kickball match with dressed as Captain America with all the other guys dressed as Superman and whatnot. And yeah, that, that almost didn't go well for him. <laughs> that was a, that was a very brutal day. It was extremely hot. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Brewster, I'll let you introduce yourself and your podcasts. There you go, sir. Uh, my name is Aaron Brewster and I have two podcasts. Um, one of them is called uh, truth, love, parent, but the one I wanted to highlight tonight is called the celebration of God. And um, I have been, I have not been producing new episodes on those as of late, but there are hundreds and hundreds of evergreen episodes on there uh, to go check out uh, Lord willing in the new year. Uh, we're going to be having a new uh, recording schedule and publishing schedule. So I'm looking forward to that, but I wanted to highlight the celebration of God because it is all about how we can better worship God this year than we did the previous years. So we're always growing and uh, loving him more and serving him more. And we talk an awful lot about the holidays, these days that are set aside, these holy days set aside to uh, worship God in unique and special ways and how we can do those better, uh, but then also how we can worship him better during the everydays. Uh, those all those days in between the holidays. So you can check that out, celebrationofgod.com. Uh, check out our calendar. Check out all the different resources available there. And for those who are listening on podcast, Aaron came dressed for the occasion with a oh, yeah. uh, Christmas sweater that has Snoopy and Charlie Brown on it. So he's he is all prepared for our discussion. That's um, right. Got to get in the spirit. Well, maybe. All right. That's what it takes. It takes that, a shirt. It takes it a shirt. For the Christmas spirit. <laughs> uh, Keith Helsterin, Helsterly, if Helsterly, you wouldn't mind yeah, yeah. introducing yourself and your podcast. Yeah, this is Keith Helsley of Quest for Truth. I do it with my co-host, Nathan Caldwell. Um, and we usually uh, like to talk about the truth is in the Bible, uh, worldviews, and uh, see, you know, what the, the Bible says about reality and, and life, actually. Uh, we're kind of taking a short Christmas break, but that doesn't mean we don't have any shows coming out. Uh, starting today, we have a handful of 
short, like five to six minute Christmas vignettes up until the 25th. I got it back on a schedule after that. <laughs> and you probably have, out of all of our podcasters, the most creative podcast because you have some of the old school, um, like radio type shows. And so you, you have a couple different shows. Well, different I, shows I have you a, do. A couple of different shows. Uh, as far as quests for truth goes, we we do some audio dramas. We have a dangerous Christian as kind of a modern day superhero. Uh, we have a Luke audio drama that examines uh, what Luke may have done as he researched his gospel. Uh, outside of uh, our life-truth.com website, I do have an old-time radio podcast that I do. It's not it's not part of the the CPC. Yeah. And uh, if you see my artwork there, that's my old image art for a podcast I do with my brother and sister. Ah, okay. Oh, that sounds funny. It's a it's a humor podcast. All right. And so and yeah. I used to do one with my wife called Alive and Still Married. Uh, because she hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> We've just been married for 42 years last November. Oh, congratulations. Spencer, I think you were next in, so if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and your podcast. Yeah, uh, my name is Spencer Tosi, and uh, along with my wife, who is not here tonight, um, we host the Religionless Christianity podcast a weekly podcast, uh, new episodes out every Saturday. And we really just kind of take it week by week. We look at the news um, from the week, uh, different stories or topics that get brought up to us from uh, the Christian world. And we just try to dissect it from a biblical worldview um, as far as we understand it. So whether it's politics, sports, um, we're talking about Sarah Young and psychic channeling um, this weekend. And next weekend, so just anything and everything. Um, how does a Christian live in a you know secular world, basically? And uh, we're also coming back with our um, devotionals. We used to do them every day, Monday through Friday. We're going to do just family devotions on Sunday. I do YouTube and TikTok shorts every day, um, but then just a more podcast Saturday and Sunday. So. Uh, my wife may drop in. She's out playing super mom tonight, <laughs> getting the ballet um, practice, basketball practice, and all that sort of stuff. So she may pop in, but uh, otherwise you may just be stuck with me for the night. <laughs> all right. I think, Eve, you are the next in. Hi, yes, I'm Eve Franklin, and I'm the co-host of Are You Just Watching? And in which we talk about secular entertainment from a Christian worldview try to do it from a positive spin but it be do occasionally come upon a movie or tv show that we end up not really liking very much like our last episode on the creator which was um we watched it so you don't have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you guys didn't have a good positive one on that one and last uh, but not least that came in. Well, I guess I'd, I end up being last, so that means I am least. But uh, Rebecca, you, you came in, so if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and your podcast. Yeah, hi. My name is Rebecca Burschwinger, and I am the host of One Little Candle. And I'm supposed to be a weekly podcast. I know I haven't lived up to that lately. Um, I'm working on it. But yeah, it's I'm a weekly podcast, and I explore various topics and issues from a biblical perspective. Things that uh, impact our faith, 
to impact the world around us. And and then I'll uh, provide my listeners with practical guidance for responding to the topic using their Christian principles um, so that I can encourage them and my fellow believers to be uh, light in this dark world. And that is the candle, being the That's light. The candle, one little candle. Yeah. Yep. And I am Andrew Rapport. I am the host of Andrew Rapport's Rap Report and Apologetics Live. Apologetics Live is a show that we do live streamed on Thursday nights, 8 to 10, where you can ask any question you have about God and the Bible. And my Andrew Rapport's Rap Report is one that more focuses on doing um, biblical hermeneutics, theology, addressing Christian issues. Uh, We just recently did one where we had uh, Dr. Michael Brown on, uh, someone who uh, is a fellow Jewish believer like myself, and we talked about the situation with Israel and Hamas. And then the last episode that we that I most recently did <clears throat> was one that was on um, what it means to be a man with John Harris from Conversations That Matter. And then this next this week we'll have on his his father, and we're going to talk about church. Uh, or Christian disciplines and how we can have uh, a disciplined life as, as Christians. So that hopefully will be very helpful for believers. So let's get into the topic tonight. Um, I already kind of gave away <laughs> my view. Uh, I'm going to be the naysayer here probably. I-, I will freely admit I don't really care about Christmas traditions, but before listeners, before you start throwing things at your screen or you're throwing your phone away, just hear me out. Here's why. Uh, When I became a Christian, people would always tell me I needed to have a Christmas tree. And I would tell people that I would gladly get a Christmas tree if they could give me one good reason for having a Christmas tree other than the fact that they grew up with one. And that usually stopped most people. Actually, it stopped everyone. You could hang your menorah on it. <laughs> Say that again. You could hang your menorah on it. I could hang a menorah on it. Yeah, <laughs> I could hang. I could hang eight candles to light. Um, I see. I grew up Jewish. I didn't grow up with a Christmas tree or, or any of that. That wouldn't have been anywhere near uh, <laughs> my family. So I really didn't have those nostalgic traditions. And so for me, Christmas was just, okay, you know, my wife ended up getting a tree when my kids were wanted one. And so we, we started having a Christmas tree and she'll decorate the house. I kind of could care less. Um, it's it's kind of nice, but I really don't have any Christmas traditions. So I'm going to be the one that says, I don't care. I mean, if, if they have them, have them. If you don't, don't. Now I'll let you all be, beat up on me. <laughs> Honestly, your last statement, I'm 100% in in favor of Um, Christmas traditions from a, you know, from a Christian perspective, it's by and large, it's a cultural thing. You know, what we do is not something that's commanded in scripture. In fact, the celebration of Christ's birth itself is not, you know, biblically commanded. So the idea that you're doing something that's family based, that's uh, a cultural recognition of the of the season and stuff. It's if you don't feel comfortable doing it, 
then don't. It's a conscience issue. And now I will say there are some people that take that to an extreme. My word, I posted a picture of our Christmas tree on Twitter and I found no end of legalists who who were like, you're, you're in sin, you're worshiping the devil and you're going to hell. And and it's almost a direct quote. Um, But the, the thing is, is that if there's not, if, if you as a Christian feel that that is something that, you don't see a biblical warrant for it. You feel it, it would be wrong for you to do, or you don't feel comfortable doing it, then by all means don't. Um, but I believe it is an issue of Christian liberty. We're not, you know, I'm sorry, the passage out of Jeremiah is not talking about Christmas trees. It's talking about the making of an idol. Uh, it's a cutting down a tree, carving it, layering it in silver and gold and making a statue. Um, read the rest of the chapter. You'll get it. So if you want a Christmas tree, put one up. We put one up every year. Uh, it's it's part of our family's uh, intent and in just celebrating the season together. And I, I have no heartburn of somebody says, I don't want to do it. Uh, I think the issue becomes where we, it, where people were telling you, Andrew, you need to have a Christmas tree. I agree with you. Why? 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 Why do I have to have one? Now, if you feel like, hey, here's the reasons you can do it. It's part of a you know cultural tradition. Great, we can have that discussion. But if they're telling you you have to do it, they're wrong. And someone who then, like the responders I got on Twitter, how dare you have a Christmas tree? You're going to hell over this also wrong. Um, it's a matter of conscience. And I, I would completely support what you said. If you want one, have it. Great. If you don't, don't. Yeah. I had a friend who would every year <clears throat> at this time of year, he would, I think, I think it was Kwanzaa. He would celebrate on purpose just, to <laughs> just to, to make a point of it. But you know, he would go to a point to say, if you have a Christmas tree, it's idolatry, things like that. Uh, so I'd agree with you. I think that's going too far. Yeah, good, you, you post a picture of a Christmas tree, you're going to get, you're going to see who's on Twitter or Facebook, who, who are the haters. Wh- what do you guys think? Should, should anyone else, have, should we uh, should we have cr- Christmas traditions? Are they are they a good thing or bad thing? I don't know, I don't know if there's I anyone here that disagrees can, with it. I, I No, I think they can be a good thing. I think it's a personal thing. I think it's a... Uh, familial thing as far as families go. Um, you know, I know sometimes people are so stuck in traditions <laughs> that if they don't get their traditions, their holidays ruined for them. I mean, for us with four kids, three of them are married and they have in-laws. We used to have traditions, but they're kind of out the window now. <laughs> we've we've learned to change and adapt. But, um, you know, I just I just think it's a each with each individual and each family um, what, whatever speaks to them and makes them feel whether it's closer to one another or, or closer to God at the time. I, they just think it's a personal decision. We have a Christmas tree every year, but I, if we didn't have one, one year, I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> you know, cause to me, that's not what Christmas is centered around. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we're hearing already so far is that it's, it's about family. It's about the not just the 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 traditions themselves or, or what you grew up with yeah so there's so anyone here think that we should not sell be celebrating christmas um 
I don't have an answer to that, but I was actually curious if, if I could just tag on to that last mm-hmm. question about the traditions. Go ahead. I mean, I figured um, you're, you're not going to be saying that you're against celebrating Christmas wearing a Charlie Brown Christmas shirt. I know. I know. I'd be such a hypocrite if I did. No, because, um, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas has everything to do with Christmas. But uh, here's here's my here's my approach to this. And I'm going to be a little bit broader. OK, so everything in life boils down to worship. If I'm going to burn through some of these concepts. We recognize them for the most part. I'm not going to make an argument for them. But when it comes to, down to worship, we're either worshiping God or we're worshiping self. And the stuff that we use to worship self is all of the stuff in our lives. You know, call them idols or whatever else. We take those things and we say, okay, I'm either going to worship God with this or I'm going to worship self with it. There's a word, uh, it's kind of a, high, a churchy word, uh, and that word is liturgy. And according to Merriam-Webster, uh, liturgy is a rite or body of rites prescribed for oftentimes public worship, but just it can even be in private worship as well. Um, and the word rite, R-I-T-E, is uh, defined as uh, a religious or other solemn ceremony or act. And the reality is, is that human beings are, um, liturgy is in our DNA. God created us in such a way that we are attracted to liturgy. Now, liturgy and tradition are very similar concepts. And what I'm going to argue is this. Everybody has traditions. Even if your tradition is supposedly not celebrating Christmas, that is your tradition. If, if you, you know, if somebody were to smugly on Christmas Day not wish anyone a Merry Christmas, deliberately not put up lights, so on and so forth, that actually is part of their chosen tradition. That's part of their liturgy. Um, so liturgy really shows us what we worship and how we worship it. Now, I was, I was joking. I've got these fake Christmas lights on the video and I've got this Charlie Brown t-shirt on. The, the reality is, is that neither of those necessarily uh, would be part of the tradition or part of the liturgy that was would be quote-unquote required or uh, preferable if we're talking about worship of Jesus Christ and celebrating what it was, you know, his, his first advent. And so um, I guess my, my take on this is the fact that you are going to have a liturgy when it comes to your worship, how you worship self or how you worship God. You're going to have traditions. You're going to have things that you're going to do. Um, now, uh, Chris and other commenters are 100% right. The scriptures do not demand that we celebrate uh, the the advent of Christ in a particular way. But on Celebration of God podcast, I argue the reality is that we need to worship God every single day of our lives, and we need to worship everything that he is. So a true born-again believer is going to celebrate Christ's advent whether that's on December 25th or in a, every day of the year, it doesn't matter. A true, genuine, born again Christian is going to do that. So if we expand our minds a little bit, I think that we're going to start to see that it's even the people who kind of turn their noses up at those others, you know, who have their Christmas traditions that we don't have is they're missing the point that they too have their own traditions, their own liturgies, their own rites, their own ways of worshiping God and worshiping self. It just looks a little bit different than everyone else's. Good point. And, you know, I mean, you brought up the Charlie Brown Christmas, so it forces the question, um, you know, maybe the question we, we need to resolve, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I mean, that seems to be the the thing that everyone always needs to get debate at this time of year. 
So I cannot believe the stand you took on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, that was that was quite the uh, the the very passionate stand you took. <laughs> so so what that was what what Aaron's referring to is uh, a friend of mine, Keith. Hel- uh, kind of Keith Vosky. Yeah, Keith Vosky. <laughs> Mixing up with our podcast right here, Keith Vosky from uh, and now he's changing the name of his. He's rebranding his podcast. Uh, it was conversation with a Calvinist, but I, th- I think uh, I forget what he's calling it now. Um, but he's uh, he he did a podcast with someone that, where they actually pretended to do an actual debate, and it actually was you know the 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 guy he had come in was was he actually researched the movie and did it was really funny. It was a very funny debate, uh, not meant to be taken serious. But uh, so it was very well done. So I so I decided to in in like mind uh, take take a pretend serious approach to it. <laughs> well, you understand that the uh, opposing party is Dr. James White's son-in-law, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would explain the research. <laughs> so so yeah. So it was. Um, it, but it was. It is funny because there's a lot of people that argue for and against that being a Christmas movie. And uh, now I'm trying to remember, there was a podcast I most recently listened to, um, secular podcast. Uh, it was one of the ones from Daily Wire. And they actually made the point it's not a Christmas movie. It just happens to be a Christmas time. It could be at any time. So uh, maybe maybe I was just convinced that I was wrong now. And I've switched positions <laughs> from what oh, I posted on X. Not a Christmas movie. Uh, that'll be the position I stake. Nobody actually watches Die Hard on Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I, um, I for, even I if it was filmed well. supposedly <laughs> on Christmas. I mean, I'll just say to the whole idea of celebrating Christmas, I think I'm in line with most everybody here. Celebrate it if you want. Don't if you don't want to. But I do think it's worth celebrating. Um, you know, Easter is probably supposed to be the most, you know, preeminent Christian holiday in America. But the fact is, it isn't. Christmas is the most preeminent uh, Christian holiday in America, even if it's not a traditional Christian holiday. That's the way America has sort of trended. Um, And there's a lot of wrong ways to celebrate Christmas, but it is one of those uh, probably, again, the most preeminent time in American society where you can just be an out and out in your face believer um, celebrating Christ and Again, you don't have to, but I do think it's sad to sort of let that go away um, if you don't have to. So I celebrate all things traditional Christmas. We watch Rocky during the Christmas season, <laughs> all of them to include Creed 2. Creed 3 is not a real Rocky because Stallone's not in it. So up to Creed 2, that's our family tradition. So so let me ask you, Spencer, with, with, with what you're saying there. Um, huh? Nothing. I, is it about Die Hard? No, it, it wasn't going to be about Die Hard. Okay. But, I mean, well, if, if your tradition is that you watch Rocky, that, that's... Well, I'm not saying Rocky's a Christmas movie. Yeah. I just like Rocky. But it, it becomes weird. your tradition. But do you think that Christmas in America is the, the preeminent holiday because of marketing? Because of the, all of the, the sales and buying gifts and things like that? Yeah, probably. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters. Uh, I think it's the most preeminent holiday for whatever the case that led it to its position. It's where it is today. Um, so again, 
Yeah. And that kind of leads into all the wrong ways that you can do it. Right. Cause Christmas does bring a lot of negative emotions, you know, debt and stress and all the things that are wrong, gluttony, um, all those sorts of things. But whatever the reason is that Christmas is on its pedestal, it's there. Uh, and I think it's just worth at least to, you know, to us to, um, make the most of it, you know, during that season. And because we really enjoy celebrating Christmas and all the, you know, our family traditions, but then being more focused on Christ and um, listening to, you know, the, the more Christian focused Christmas music that we're not going to listen to throughout the year and um, hearing it on the radio and in stores and those sorts of things. Um, yeah. So it's probably there for marketing reasons, but it's there nonetheless. So let me, let me throw this out. It'd be interesting. This uh, yesterday at church, we had, one young lady who grew up as a missionary in Argentina, and we have another young lady who is uh, new to the church within the last year, um, and she is from the Philippines. And so, interesting discussion with the three of us at a table, because in Argentina, the practice is that Christmas is not celebrated pretty much at all until the night before. So it's like a 24-hour thing. The night before, if you're going to set up, you know, a tree and, you know, there, there's like no talk about Christmas really until the night before and then it's over the next day. Where in the Philippines, uh, the young lady from the Philippines says that it starts September 1. And it, I it, knew I liked her. it is celebrated all the way through to, to January. January 5th. Yeah. And so... Um, well, January sixth. January sixth. Well, the fifth is twelfth night. <laughs> yes and no. Fifth and sixth are twelfth night. But anyway, sorry, sorry, Andrew, continue. I, I almost think we're going to get into a discussion like we do on Easter with Aaron and I on whether or not Jesus was crucified on the Thursday or Friday. Uh, <laughs> Stay but, on target. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but. No, I think that it's really interesting that they would they go so so long, um, you know, and start so early. Uh, when you know when's an appropriate time? Is there an appropriate time? Does it matter when we start celebrating? If if you're going to celebrate, uh, no, and that's actually one of the uh, the things that I've been enjoying as the years have gone by because people are beginning to be more like me, and they're kicking off the Christmas season earlier and earlier. I've been drinking my peppermint mocha coffee now for quite a while, and I'm probably going to extend it late into January also. Um, but I think as this nation is trending, I don't think we should ever uh, downplay uh, celebrating Christ. Uh, we should stretch that out as long and as far as possible in whatever way we can. So, uh, and I, you know, I wouldn't discount this Argentinian woman's Christmas celebration. I don't know how they celebrate Christmas, but I'll take all the Christ I can get in this nation for as long as I can get in whatever, you know, I guess in whatever form I can get. What's that? Barrel and pride month, huh? Better than pride month. Hey, this is Obviously Christian pride month. <laughs> Amen. Christian pride month. So yeah, as long as it doesn't go crazy, you know, but in any form or fashion, however we can get Christ in a, you know, in a true sense, I'm, I'm fine with. Okay. So let me, let me ask this. I carry it. Let me throw this out and ask this. What about when people say happy holidays? 
Oh man, I just got called a new ager for saying happy holidays to somebody. <laughs> uh, I'm a yeah. mystic, I guess, because uh, I said yeah. happy holidays. So I'm yeah. fine with it. Happy holidays, and I'll respond with God bless you. Uh, Amen. Nice open. You know, that, that's the thing. I mean, that is such the strangest debate. I remember when it first started happening, I was still fairly new Christian when a big debate over how uh, stores were doing that. And Christians were being told, Oh, you know, they're trying to get rid of Christmas. So uh, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to ignore us. So let's boycott them. And as a younger Christian, I thought, Oh, that makes sense. When, until you realize, um, that's probably it, it's it's the most ridiculous thing in the world to to tell a secular company you must act like a now I'm going to get myself in trouble with a different group for saying this <laughs> different discussion different debate another time um, but uh, to force a, a Christian company to say what I want them to say and a secular company to say as a Christian what I want them to say especially given the fact that Merry Christmas is not a particularly <sighs> biblical term because Christmas is not a biblical term. Merry Christmas is not a biblical term. So why am I forcing them to say that when I myself don't have a, a command to say that? And so when I hear something like that, it's like, okay, I get why people get frustrated with it because there is a clear attempt to remove anything that has remotely Christian appearance to it. But if somebody is, uh, you know, says happy holidays, let them say it. You know, as as he just said, that's a great opportunity to then respond in kind with Merry Christmas or God bless you. And, you know, or what? hey, here, here's an opportunity. Andrew, you'll like this transition time, right? Hey, happy holidays to you. You know what holiday this is? Boom. Now you got a, con a conversation you can go forward with. The idea that we're going to get barking mad over somebody saying happy holidays oh, at a time when it's like, wait a minute, if we're celebrating Christ, if that's really what it's about, are we really going to give the, uh, the, the, the impression that the gospel is all important, the incarnation of Christ is all important because we're screaming at somebody because they, they said happy holidays and call them a new ager because they're a Christian and they, you know, they said happy holidays. I don't think that's the, one of the, uh, the best things that we can do. And, I, and I've seen exactly that. Um, I, mean, I mean, my goodness, I saw somebody a few years ago, uh, a conservative celebrity who had posted a, a Christmas tree and it's and said, if this, uh, you know, offends you, you know, if Merry Christmas offends you, then foul language. And my response was to simply say, I don't think you're going to convey the proper message if that's how you're about Christmas, if that's how you're going to tell people that. And the vitriol that came out of this person's followers were it was insane and i was like wait a minute if this is our season where we are per talking about the incarnation of christ christ coming to earth taking on human flesh and and this is like the the start of the gospel because he came to take you know take on humanity how on earth are we going to convey that if we're barking at people in this manner and went over people's heads so i i, I i'm my take on it is it's really kind of silly to get that worked up over secularized America using language that maybe we're not fond of, but why would we expect them to do anything else? Part of it is too, that it, those arguments oftentimes show ignorance. It's kind of like the, uh, the individuals who, 
uh, the pro-choice individuals who try to use words like fetus to suggest <laughs> that, well, it's not really a person because it's a fetus when that's literally what fetus means. It's just a <laughs> developmental stage of a person. And in a similar way, holidays is the anglicized holy days. That's what it means. And Xmas was a shorthand for Christmas because of how the X was used to represent Christ and it was shorthand to save parchment and ink and paper, you know, so on and so forth. So a lot of it's just ignorance and we just want to be mad at something. We want to push something. We want to yell and we want to scream from the rooftops, but in so doing, we're just selling, saying to everybody that we really honestly don't know what we're talking about. Well, actually that, that's in my notes is the next thing is Xmas. Is it, you know, is that a wrong thing to have Xmas? You, you know, you've given your opinion there. Aaron, anyone else have an opinion? No. <laughs> hey, I'm going to talk for a case. I've let you guys talk for a while. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> uh, well, from what I understand, the history of Xmas is that the X actually stood in the place of the cross. And so it was um, it was shorthand. Uh, the cross represented Christ. It was just shorthand for Christmas. It's not taking Christ out of Christmas. It was a shorthand way of putting Christ in the holiday. Um, but I could be wrong, but that's the history. No, you, you're, heard. yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the, it's the, the Greek letter, uh, that's used for Christ. So the idea there is just, we have shorthand too. Yeah. And we might say NT for new Testament. It doesn't mean we're getting rid of the new Testament. Right. We're just saying right. NT and it, it's a shorthand. And so a lot of Christians don't realize that the it's Xmas doesn't mean you're getting rid of Christ. It it was historically, it was a way of just being a shorthand. Right. Yeah, I hadn't uh, had a chance to really speak to you know the family traditions of Christmas. You guys kind of changed the topic before I got to um, give my two cents. So, oh, uh, you didn't raise your hand. <laughs> I was letting the conversation flow. Sorry. Um, I, to be honest, I think we dealt quite a bit with this topic. I do want to tell all of the people who haven't listened to all of the theology throwdowns. We discussed um, Christmas, whether we should celebrate it or not last year around this time. And if you uh, want to hear that conversation, make sure you go back in our archives and check out that episode, because I think we dealt a lot with the should you or should you not even celebrate Christmas, and now we're talking about the traditions of Christmas. And as uh, someone else has already said, there are good and bad traditions in Christmas. And I think uh, one of the ones we dealt with in our previous episode was obviously Santa Claus and whether or not you let your kids believe in Santa Claus and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll let you go back and listen to that episode about that. Um, But I do think that Christmas traditions as it pertains to being uh, Celebrating as a family, having family time, um, getting together with family, uh, allowing um, that that special time. And I kind of like the fact that our, our country, at least, tends to shut down for Christmas. Not everything shuts down, but you typically don't have a lot of choice of restaurants and stores and that kind of thing on Christmas Day. A lot of them t- to still close down, which makes it more of a family day. And I wish it was more like that. Like when I was young, you literally, I mean, you might find a gas station where you could get gas and that was about it when I was, when I was a child. Now there's a lot more stuff open because you know, the, the culture doesn't uh, respect the day as much as 
we used to in the past. But um, I think that, you know, just the tradition of celebrating Christ as a family, I think is good. And, but I also think from the standpoint of a single person and the fact that I, you know, as I get older, you know, eventually I'm going to, the family is actually condensed because I didn't get married and I didn't have kids. Uh, I think Christmas traditions have kind of um, failed on me a little bit. It's like when I get together with my parents, you know, we may never even decorate. We may just, you know, we exchange one gift each just to, you know, we, we trade names and do one gift each. And, and, and really more, it's about playing games and hanging out with family. It's not about the trappings of Christmas. And, you know, there'll become a period of time in the future where my parents will no longer be with me and it'll just be me and I'll be by myself for Christmas. And at which point, it makes me think of a lot of people out there who are very severely lonely on Christmas Day because we tend to be very insular on Christmas and and really turn inward with our family traditions and and what we uh, expect Christmas to be. I think someone else mentioned like the stress and the of making the perfect Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And and I think as Christians, it's important to us to remember that there are people in the world who, for whatever reason, Christmas is the loneliest time of the year. And um, I think that in the future, especially, I might find myself maybe volunteering at a homeless shelter or doing something outward instead of inward on that holiday and serving others instead of our own selves on on a day that is traditionally a day where we turn inward and, and kind of ignore the rest of the world. I don't know whether that actually answered any questions. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this last year, but I know that one of the things when I was single, I used to go to the boardwalk on Christmas Eve, and I'd look for people who were there because they were, they were usually I would find people and they were depressed. They would go to the boardwalk thinking they wouldn't see anyone there. But I would be there, and I would go there specifically so I could share the gospel. I would use that time knowing that I had nowhere to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they were there kind of depressed and not happy, and I utilized that to, to share the gospel. So, <clears throat> now, Eve, you're always welcome to come to our place if you want. It's a little bit of a ride. But we, we end up doing... Um, like I guess if it's it's a tr- the tradition our family has is, and and for folks to understand if when you go back and listen last year you'll you'll understand. But my wife's family is uh, from Hong Kong. They they weren't raised with any Christian tradition of, of any kind because they weren't. Uh, they were not even atheist. They were just nothing. They didn't give any thought to what happens after you die, really. And so they didn't have any Christmas traditions. And my family was Jewish, so we definitely didn't have any. So it wasn't something where we really knew what we wanted to do. And each year, my, my wife and I would go, well, what, we should figure out what we want to do for Christmas as a tradition. <laughs> and the kids were about 12 before we started figuring some things out. And so, but we just have my wife's family comes in, uh, sometimes stays at our house. And we all pack in or we'll go to an Airbnb. And we just just have time as family. We cook together. Um and we make sushi together just for the fun. Uh, that's the, what we do. Uh, but we'll, we'll usually cook things, maybe dumplings or something like that. And we just do that together as a, as a family. Um, and 
it's not, you know, for us, it's not, um, when the whole family is together, we don't even give gifts. If there's any gift giving that, that happens with the individual families. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we do. It's just, we get together, gives us an excuse to get together. And it's usually at my house because mine fits the most people, which means they all have to drive from New York. <laughs> so what kind of, what kind of traditions? Well, let me start with, let's start with the bad and end with the good. What kind of traditions shouldn't we do? Eve already mentioned, you know, Santa Claus. But I, I didn't grow up with this, but there's a lot of people who have, you know, have the tradition of leaving the cookies out and the milk for Santa Claus and the parents eat them and drink the, the milk. And, uh, it, you know, is that such a bad thing to do? It, it kind of talks about Santa Claus, but... I have to say, at least with our kids, we had this discussion early on. I grew up, you know, my mom and dad played the Santa Claus game with us. We asked, well, what should we do? We just decided we weren't going to do anything. And we didn't have to because somehow, uh, it's amazing how toddlers learn about Santa Claus all by themselves. (laughs) But once, once they arrived at that without any encouragement from us, we played along. We made it fun, uh, but we didn't set out to do that. But because the kids liked it, we did it. Um, yeah, I don't I, think, I, I, uh, oh. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's good. Well, first and foremost, Elf on the Shelf, utterly evil. Please put <laughs> the thing in the garbage somewhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, my wife and I, when we decided what we would do is we we did not want to lay a foundation of being dishonest with our kids um and so you know we we told them up front you know there are going to be a lot of families who tell their kids that there's a santa claus and so respect those families because we're not going to cause chaos and, and destruction in their homes by you running around and telling them there's no santa claus but that's their family fun. We, however, we don't do that. The presents come from mom and dad or from other family members. And because we just wanted to make sure that we were, um, that we were laying a foundation, we were always going to be honest with them. And that was the big reason for us to, to not do that. Um, so my, I wanted them to be able to say later that, well, you, I didn't want them to say you lied to us about all this. So how, you know, how, how can we believe you about things like God and Jesus Christ and so, you know, the gospel and stuff. And maybe that wouldn't have happened. May, uh, maybe that, you know, other issues will come up that will cause those doubts, but we just didn't want that to be the stumbling block for them. So that, that was kind of our reasoning for doing it. I, I would simply say, I think that's a, the strongest argument for me when it comes to that particular tradition is I don't think it's wise to to lay a foundation of you were dishonest with your kids for a time. But at the same time, we all grew up, okay, aside from Andrew, uh, most of us grew up with that tradition, and yet God in his grace still redeemed us. And so if a family does that, I'm not going to lay a smack down on them. I'm not going to get angry with them and say, how dare you lie to your kids? I think if it's a conversation like this, this is where I'm going to come out on it. I'm going to encourage you to consider it that way. Um, but I want, I, I don't want to lay a law where there is no law with regard to this. I think there are some things that we are going to be able to say and do. And, um, and, that, you know, and, and as part of cultural traditions, so I just don't think that's probably the wisest one. So I know Spencer, you got your hand up, but I just, I, 
<clears throat> I just have to say, because Chris mentioned the, the elf on the shelf. I know, I don't get it, okay? I've never understood what the whole thing is about. I just know people post a picture this time of year about some, you know, elf thing that they put, and it's like in different spots of the house. So I don't get that. But I, I really think, Chris, I think the, the real love is because you, you actually, at Christmas, you have a love for Buddy the Elf, don't you? No, I do not. <laughs> it, it is your favorite movie. And every foundation of being dishonest, this, we're going to stop right now. And, don't be dishonest. <laughs> and every, isn't it true that every, every year this time you, you get around the TV as a family and watch Buddy the Elf? Is, no, is that not no, true? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And in fact, this is an ongoing thing. It doesn't even have to be Christmas for this subject to come up. <laughs> Would you would you like to explain? Because I wouldn't let you explain uh, to Aaron before we went live. Would you like to explain the history? Look, you got the elf the elf mug right there. It's well, you love Buddy the Elf. That between Andrew and James White, <laughs> I now have more elf paraphernalia for a person who has never ever watched the movie and has no desire to watch the movie. Because James White took issue with me saying I never wanted to watch the movie. And then he sends me a Buddy the Elf doll for my birthday, which was in February. Thank you, Rich Story, for cluing him in on that. That and, my podcast partner. And then you made out. a mistake. And then I made a mistake. I was trying to be funny because, Andrew, you can't, 99% of the time, you can't resist telling me you're sending me something. And so I said, James White was a little bit sneakier than you and actually did it without, without my knowledge. And then he started hassling me about it. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And then you you got offended. You got offended. No, I had fun. <laughs> no, you got, you got offended. Okay. Let's, let's just make I just, clear. I'm not going to be outdone by James that. White. And then you, and you had to double down. Now, somewhere in my garage, I have perfect target practice because I have two six-foot standees of Buddy the Elf that I don't ever want to – to understand something, folks, I was getting scared to go to the mailbox because of these two men. Um, I have two six-foot standees. I have that mug. I have noisemakers. I have a – kid you not, a face mask from COVID with Buddy the Elf. I have more Buddy, Buddy the Elf paraphr – I've got a – a Funko pop character sitting up there somewhere. I had so many things sent to me that I had to beg people to stop. <laughs> hey, Chris, as the resident biblical counselor here, I will say that Freud would have a heyday with the fact that you still possess all of these items and that you didn't take them out to the burn pile. So maybe you're actually lying to yourself. I'm trying to be nice to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, the, the funny thing is that when this first went down and, and that pull string buddy the elf doll showed up, I decided to try and have some fun with it because I'm not, this is not usually my stick. I'm not this, this puts me way out of my comfort zone. And so I was trying to be funny about it. I made it I made little pictures and video clips like it had escaped and I stretch I, I had a you know my, my work car has a cage and so I taped into the back like he was hi hiding in the back of my car making videos about it and that just made things worse <laughs> <laughs> it got to a point I literally had to beg people to stop <laughs> it was like I'm ready and Andrew challenged me he double he double dog dare me I says if you guys don't stop I'm gonna close my account he double dog dare me I shut down my account <laughs> That's how bad it got. <laughs> I, I will now just I know why you disappeared. Sense now. <laughs> I'll just say that you know there is some history there to you know to clear my name. 
my Facebook was being inundated with a specific restaurant that I didn't like that Chris years before buddy the elf started would tell people every time he went to said restaurant i'm at andrew's favorite restaurant and the ministry would receive in our p.o box gift cards to said restaurant because people think they're blessing me for me that happened before me because i took cues from that so i didn't start that let's no you didn't start it but you you were the one that really piled on So Andrew and I have a history. (laughs) It gave me great joy to be able to return the love, the favor, the favor. (laughs) I was feeling the love. Oh my word. (laughs) And now I refuse to watch the film because I don't give in to terrorists. So (laughs) I did, I did watch the film while on the treadmill once and I tagged Chris in it just to, just cause. And I think, I I think I said it's feels an awful lot like Christmas when I did it. Maybe that will become my tradition, my Christmas tradition, Chris, is I will watch Buddy the Elf and tag you in it. Uh, That's no problem. (laughs) I can mute you. That's not a problem. All right. So back to poor poor Spencer's been waiting. He's got his hand up. (laughs) I do think uh, maybe just go give it a watch. You might have a chuckle. Uh, But... um, (laughs) I'm glad that he brought up the Santa Claus and not laying a foundation of lying to your kids. Cause that's obviously as a Christian, that's the number one argument that you hear for people not telling their kids about Santa. Um, and I certainly respect Chris and his family traditions and you know what they want to do with their kids. I just disagree with that. Uh, we did Santa Claus. We even did elf on the shelf. Our kids still do elf on the shelf. They enjoy moving him around at night, even though no one believes in the elf as some uh, mystical being, but they like to move it around and put it in positions. But I just think not again, that teaching your kids to lie, I guess if that's the way you want to look at it is a good thing. But I think if your kids get to the point where they're full blown liars later in their life, and I don't think they're going to look back on Santa Claus as being the reason why they're deceitful liars. Um, It's probably a failure in parenting and a failure of raising them in a Christ honoring way over a prolonged period, rather than, three or four years of playing Santa Claus. Uh, Again, I don't recommend or not recommend that people do that. uh, They don't want to, but I don't think that that's a, at least to me, that's not a strong argument to um, not do the Santa Claus. And you just say, I don't want to do it. I'd rather just give them the gifts. Uh, But thinking that I'm laying a foundation of lying for my kids because, uh, you know, four times a year for the first three years of their life, I told them about Santa Claus, but, uh, that's just my opinion. And again, I'd love to know why uh, you think Elf on the Shelf is satanic. <laughs> it just looks creepy. Yeah, that's, that's oh, and I wanted reason. to mention, uh, Andrew, if you've never done Elf on the Shelf, they have Mench on a Bench. That might be right up your alley. Uh, go check out Mench on a Bench. It's real. I don't even get it. I, 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 only, say, I only say the Elf on the Shelf thing because it was... It, I. I it's creepy. I don't like the thing. That's all it is. <laughs> it's creepy. It can be creepy. Um, my, my favorite, it, my favorite pictures of Elf on the Shelf are where he's either being waterboarded by GI Joe or being eaten by Grogu from. But, so. but Chris, you you seem to think that Buddy the Elf is creepy. So he is. He's extremely creepy. <laughs> I thought for sure Aaron was going to jump in and agree with you on on your mutual hatred for. Uh, 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 Farrell, uh, forgot his first name, but Will Farrell. 
Will Ferrell, yeah. 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 That's the I mean, big I, reason I, I, I won't watch him because I can't stand Will Ferrell. Yeah, I do love I love to hate Will Ferrell. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but I but we did watch Alf. We watched it. We watched it probably easily once a year. And it's uh I don't know, call it guilty pleasure or just a really bad life choice. I don't know. One of the two. You should try it, Chris. Just saying. I, no, see, it's it's principle now. It's principle. I it don't is. And I Chris, I understand where you're coming from. I understand what it's like to like to choose not to do something, and it has nothing to do with the thing. It has to do with the fact that you've chosen not to do the thing. And I respect that. Mm. Well, I you know I I wish that I could respect that as well as you. I'll just say this. I'll I'll just re- make a recommendation to all of our listeners. Um, uh-huh. If you if you think that Chris should, you know should you know go and watch this maybe you could just email him at voice of reason radio at gmail.com and just say chris what's wrong with watching buddy the elf you know maybe encourage him to watch it and maybe he can maybe he can you know do a podcast episode where he watches it and reacts to it you understand there's a perfectly good filing system for those emails right <laughs> called the delete pile <laughs> Yeah, but you're going to start reading them before you realize you're supposed to delete them. All right, so let's move on to Rebecca. <laughs> Help me have a critical uh, review of Elf, too. Yeah, you see, you could do that. Well, you could do that for James White, who can't nope. believe that you've never seen it. <laughs> Rebecca, you have your hand up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, big Elf fan here. <laughs> Actually, not not a Will Ferrell lover, but Elf is one of our favorite Christmas movies for sure. We've watched it twice already. If that tells you, uh, you know, I'm are, I'm liking it even more, Rebecca. <laughs> but we we did do the Santa Claus thing with our kids. Um, for me, Santa Claus when I was a kid were some of my fondest memories. And for my kids, same thing. I've got four kids, all grown now they have done the Santa Claus tradition with their kids as well. Um, and I don't remember, I think they just kind of outgrew believing in him. I don't think there was ever any devastation, you know, when they found out that he didn't exist or anything like that. But, um, the only, I guess the problem I think I had was I didn't want my kids to think that Santa was kind of equated with God. You know, he knows everything. He sees everything. So we used to talk about with the kids how only God knows everything. Only God can see everything. Um, We even had a a little decoration of Santa Claus praying at the manger um, that we would talk about every year. But anyway, we we did do the Santa Claus thing with our kids. I'm honestly not sure if years, you know, people change, obviously, as they get older. I'm not sure if... If I was then the way I am now, if I would still, I really don't know <laughs> if I would have done that with my kids. But, um, yeah, but we, we did do Santa Claus. My grandkids do Santa Claus. And, yeah, they do the Elf on the Shelf, which I kind of agree. I don't <laughs> – They my my oldest daughter and her husband do it. Actually, they have two elves now. I think there's a girl and a boy, if I'm correct. They've added another elf to the, to the story or whatever, but – the, the elf is always doing naughty things. And I said, why don't you teach the kids good if you're going to do this elf on the shelf thing? You know, have them do a good deed, not do something naughty, and then, then laugh about it. I said, have the elves doing good deeds and, you know, teach the kids about doing something kind, acts of kindness instead. But 
anyway, just my spin on it. So I, I think we've, we've kind of mentioned some things that people would see as good and bad. I mean, any, anyone have other things other than we've mentioned different views of Santa Claus and, uh, Chris's love for Elf on the Shelf and Buddy the Elf and all things Elf. Um, I'd like to agree 100% with Rebecca. Um, my kids actually invented Elf on the Shelf without realizing it because they would take their stuffed animals and they would close <clears throat> them throughout the house. I mean, all throughout the year. In fact, my my kids and my my, my kids were teenagers, uh, and my mom. Uh, we're doing this and I would find these stuffed animals all over the place. But like Rebecca said, they were always doing cute things, fun things, nice things. I, I think that I think Rebecca's got a really good point there. Have the elf doing good to stuff, you know, parade that. But to your point, um, Andrew, I think it, to, to harken back to what I said earlier about all things coming down, boiling down to worship, with the exception of clearly forbidden things in the scripture, anything can be used uh, to glorify God, to please him, to worship him. And anything can be used to worship self. And then we as Christians, we get into tons of trouble when we take otherwise, quote unquote, good things, and we consume them for our own pleasures. So to that end, you know, watching Charlie Brown, I mean, yes, Charlie Brown, they they tell the, you know, they, they, they quote from Luke and they tell you know, a little bit of the Christmas story and that's great, you know, but, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or whatever else, uh, we're, we're, um, I always like watching the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And, you know, though there's moral concepts in there, it's, there's clearly nothing pointing to God in the, in the Bible. So I think that as we intentionally take these things and, uh, and like, you know, Rebecca said, you know, the whole Santa Claus um, praying in front of the manger type of a thing, I, I'm not saying we need to do that, but as we intentionally take these things and make it purposefully about worshiping the Lord, um, Almost everything about the season can please him. But if we're not careful and we turn our brains off and we go into autopilot, almost everything about the season won't please him because it's not really about him at that point. And that thing, that's really where we need to be careful. We need to be intentional in that way. Yeah, I've been kind of listening in on I, Elf on the Shelf was never anything for me. I, I guess it would, it, uh, because I don't have kids of my own, it's a fairly modern tradition that. Uh, didn't come about until after I was grown up and we don't have kids in my family. So, um, but I, I think like my more recent traditional thing is to put nativities around my house and, and to really dwell more on the fact that uh, this is about Christ's birth and the advent and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and I love seeing families that have the, the advent tradition where they, they do the, the advent candle and and that kind of stuff and and it kind of surprises me that that is, hasn't even come up in this discussion yet but um do people in this group do advent you know like track the advent and and that kind of stuff yeah we've we've been doing advent we were doing um from john piper's uh he put out an advent thing to share so we've been doing it as a family we do as well from I, not always every year or not always in the same way, but we try to do things for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, but I, that probably doesn't surprise anyone here. <laughs> You've read through uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's advent devotional for the last two years. Um, we really like that one. God is in the manger. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I think that for Christians who are against doing the Advent, I think it comes more from a a background in Roman Catholicism, because they make such a big deal of it that people come out of Roman Catholicism and they're they're against it because it. it <clears throat> I would say up until the last maybe twenty thirty years, it really was very Roman Catholic. And it's starting to make a trend where, where many Christians are starting to do things for Advent and make it more of a biblical thing. So so I, I guess I, I don't see a problem with it being done depending on how it's being done, if, if that makes sense. I think it would be at least a... A, a more Christian holiday than celebrating Santa, but that would be my, uh, I mean, there, there's a history to Santa that is Christian because he came from um, the tradition of St. Nicholas, but that is also Catholic. And I think our, our culture today, especially here in the States has, has very commercialized uh, most of Christmas, you know, the, the Santa and the reindeer and the, and the gifts and all of that. And, it's interesting because I've been rewatching a show from the nineties that was my favorite show. And the first season of the pretender, I don't know whether any of the group here remembers the pretender. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the storyline of the TV show was that uh, he's, he was a young boy that had been sequestered his entire life. And when he grew up and ran away, uh, he got to experience all of the t- traditions and culture that he'd been when had been withheld from him in his childhood. And so the first Christmas episode, um, he was like experiencing all of the like commercialization of Christmas. And he was hanging out at a orphanage where the nuns were taking care of kids. And, and he was trying, he was asking one of the nuns about this whole St. Santa Claus thing, trying to make sense of it. And the nun actually tells him, I just watched this episode like, two days ago. So it's like fresh in my memory, but the nun tells him that, you know, that Santa Claus, she makes a comment about Santa Claus that equates him with God. And, and it was, and I was like, that is, I think the main problem that we have in our culture today is that Santa Claus represents God in so many households that he's all knowing um, that he can get everywhere. Like in, you know, in a night he can, you know, be in and out of homes in seconds and, travel, you know, travel across the world and all this. And, and granted, a lot of people know it's a myth and that it doesn't really equate with anything. But um, I guess my problem with Santa Claus is that it, it has taken the place of God in Christmas in a, in a very commercialized way. And, and I feel like we, we sometimes, especially here in the West have, have left, lost the meaning of Christmas and, we've allowed it to become very commercialized and very Western. And if we're going to celebrate Christ's birth, then he should be preeminent in the holiday in our, in our traditions with our children or whatever. But as I have already stated, I I don't have kids of my own, so I've never, I I can't like um, play that out in my own households. (laughs) All I can have is opinions. Well, you have your, how you grew up. So, yeah, what Eve is touching on is actually what motivated the the genesis of the celebration of God. Um, 
not the, well, the year-long celebration of God is the actual, you know, uh, program method, you want to call it. Um, yeah, we had kids. They were three and a half and, and you know, two-ish. And um, I really, I was, I was just like, I was so excited about them to experience Christmas and to, to uh, Spencer's uh, point about, you know, Easter should be the preeminent Christian holiday, right? Easter up until that point in my life, I mean, was, I liked it. Sure. But I mean, it was nothing compared to Christmas as my wife and I poured, uh, you know, all our past family traditions into our kids and all of this, we really, uh, we realized that what we were what we were pushing on them to love and to latch onto and and had nothing really to do with God. Sure. There were Christmas ornaments that had, you know, the, the manger and whatever else. And we, you know, yes, we, we would read the Christmas story, but the reality was we were pushing all the other stuff harder and that crushed me. I mean, I'm, I'm an adult, I got two kids and I'm realizing I'm like a child when it comes to this. And so the celebration of God was like, if I can't even take this holiday, which was designed by God's people to make big, to, to, to truly celebrate God, if I can't take that day and do it for his honor and glory, what makes me think I'm doing it on any other day of the year? So that was, um, that was a huge eye-opening moment for me, which the Lord has been, you know, maturing. I think using to to grow me over the years as I approach these uh, these different holidays, and I've I've had to actually to Spencer's point again, I've had to force myself. You know, like Aaron, Easter needs to be a bigger deal to you. You have to do it. You obviously have to do it. And I've been growing and maturing in that. It's been a process. And the fact that it's been a hard process just shows, you know, again, how easy it is for me and other people to take the holidays and just to make it about us. But um, yeah, I, I think um, to Eve's point, we really need to, we need to be more deliberately intentional. We need to have a real conscious decision that I'm God, I'm doing this because I believe it pleases you. And I think when we, I know that when we do that, it really deepens uh, the significance of everything about the season. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I, th- I think we're all in agreement there that it, it should be the focus is on Christ. And I mean, I I don't think there's anyone here who believes Jesus was born on December 25th. Uh, if you do, okay, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> but you know. This is just a, a traditional time that we celebrate his birth. And you know, even though we may not know the exact date he was born, but it gives us opportunity to celebrate what Jesus did. And that, I, that should be the focus. Uh, so I think there's nothing wrong with traditions that have that. Um, I, I guess, you know, I'll just add on to what Aaron said with the elf on the shelf thing. Not that I really understand the whole purpose of it, but I mean, <clears throat> one of the traditions we have is we, we would hide our presence from one another in, in the family. So we get gifts and the rule that I made is you had to go hide the present. So we didn't put it under a Christmas tree. Even when we had a Christmas tree, <laughs> um, it was, it was more fun to hide it around the house and we'd, basically have a scavenger hunt to go try to find your present. And if you found someone else's present, you had to put it back so that they could find it. So uh, I guess that may be what you're describing with the elf on the shelf. 
Okay. Just to clarify for you, Andrew. Okay. All those people that are on the internet that every time you say something that they don't like, they go tattle everybody. That's elf on the shelf. He's spying and he goes tattles to, to Santa Claus. That's, that's the reason. (laughs) Oh, okay. So he's, he's, he's reporting back on whether you've been naughty or nice. Yes. He's basically the CIA, the NSA and everything else. (laughs) Uh, So no wonder that because he's doing all the bad stuff and then blaming you for it. Oh yeah, that's the, See, well. That that, that mm. is the CIA and the NSA then, <laughs> and the FBI. So now I'm on a watch list. Now I now I understand, Chris, why you don't like it because you're always on the naughty list. See, I don't have a problem with it since I'm always on the nice list. <laughs> Clearly, I'm on the naughty list with all the stuff you all sent me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that puts us on the naughty list. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to belabor things, but, you know, are there any, any traditions you guys have that you think people should maybe, you know, if there's some new families, you know, they, young families with, with kids, and they're trying to figure out what kind of traditions should we do for our family? You haven't mentioned anything about cookies and baked candies and, uh, <laughs> and confections. Because and I know nothing all of that. that. Kind of stuff. Fruit we, cake. we make fruit sushi. Cake <laughs> he makes dumplings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to make he, when, when the Jews splattered with icing and decorated. And <laughs> when the Jews fudge. celebrated their most hollowed meal of the year, it involved bitter herbs. Don't ask Andrew <laughs> oh. about Christmas cookies. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a classic uh, point. Christmas cookies are definitely not, not unleavened, so I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so what kind of traditions do you think you would encourage others to to have if they're if they're trying to figure out what uh, a tradition for for their family? Anyone? I think uh, Christmas should contain some kind of charity. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, some outward facing, you know, just not inward facing. I know of several families that I know of who spend the Christmas season, you know, doing something charitable, um, either taking food to the homeless or, or you know, doing, you know, coat drive or something, you know, that fulfills the needs of someone who are less fortunate. And I know like the in European uh, Christmas, they had, what was it called boxing day or something like that where after the after christmas they would they would take charity um after christmas day or something like that i'm i'm not as familiar with um british holidays but um i think that it would be a good thing to teach children not just what is it in acts that says it's more blessed to give than to receive that it's not about receiving gifts it's about giving gifts and sometimes that needs to be exterior to the family. That's a good point. Anyone else I, have? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Eve on that because I was thinking earlier when Eve had mentioned, you know, and we do, we focus on family, you know, getting together with family, all these celebrations and traditions. And you, you think it's reaching out, but it really kind of is turning inward when the focus is just on within your family. So she had a really good point there. So most definitely, I think it is really important to recognize the plight of others 
Um, you know, you may be having a wonderful time celebrating Christmas, but <laughs> for every person that is, there's a lot who aren't. And so I just think it's really important reaching out uh, to charities and, and remembering those who, you know, are not having a, a wonderful time. Yeah. So I see, Spencer, you have your hand up. Yeah, sorry. I just, I got to get going here. Um, we have a dinner uh, with some friends, but I just, I think those are great uh, ideas. Charity, of course, I think is a great uh, <clears throat> idea for Christians, especially during the holiday season. Um, but I would just say, like Aaron was kind of talking about, fight to make it about Christ. Um, so much in our society today is going to try to make it about everything besides Christ. So I think in your own family, rather that's an Advent devotional, like some of us have mentioned we've read, rather that's just opening up the Gospels and reading about the birth of Christ from Scripture. Um, I'm a big fan of playing Christmas, uh, Christmas music, um, you know, Christian Christmas music in your house, filling it with that joy um, during the holiday seasons. Um, I would say don't do the cookies, don't do the sweets, uh, you know, maybe go carnivore Christmas. Who knows? It's a good idea. Lose some weight during the holidays. But I just think you got to fight to make it about Christ, rather that Santa involved, but you're focused on Christ. Just, man, do everything you can to, to keep it focused on the reason for the season, if you will. But I do got to run. I wish you guys a Merry Christmas yourself. A happy holidays for all you mystics out there. Um, <laughs> God bless you guys. God bless you, brother. <sighs> all right. Chris, you had your hand up. Uh, yeah, I just I basically wanted to uh, kind of echo what's being said. Um, the, one of the the cultural trappings of Christmas is is the you know get, getting the presents that you want, especially for kids, and everybody has their big Christmas list, and it's really easy, especially for kids, to get caught up in that. I mean, it's easy for adults. Y'all ought to see my Amazon wish list; it's insane. Um, but um, the point is, is that if you if you're get caught up so much in the cultural trappings of the presence and, and the trees and stuff like that, it can become very self-centered, very me-centered uh, because I want to get, I want this. And, and I got to give a list for the grandparents. I got to do this for the, you know, uh, from, you know, uh, the in-laws and to, to echo what others have said, we really need to, to fight, to make it about, Hey, there's something greater and more important in all of this. And that's the celebration of Christ's birth. And it, in his coming, you know, scripture makes it clear his coming, he came down out of heaven and took on the ult, ultimate servant role. He came down and humbled himself and took on flesh. And that's what we're called to do is to, is to be humbled and to serve others. And so I think the idea of fighting to make it Christ-centered, fighting to make it about serving others and caring for others. And and I'll, I'll freely say that's not something we've always done a, a great job at. While we always did try to to point it to Christ and point it to the, the incarnation and the birth uh, of Christ, we hadn't, that's not something, I'm listening to it now going, man, that's something we could have done better in a lot of ways um, to, even though we did teach our kids, yes, you know, you're, you know, we exchange presents. Yes, that's part of the, 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 the tradition of what we do. But we also try to reinforce that you're, it's not about just you getting what you want. It's about caring about others, serving others. And I think if we do, like so many have said here, that, we make it Christ-centered, we make it about charity, we make it about caring for others, then 
find ways to do that within your context and within your family so that you're not letting the cultural trappings dictate how you do this and take them down the path where it's me centered about what I'm getting and, uh, you know, making it all about oneself. I think that would be a good way to, to form your traditions. Everybody's tradition is going to be a little bit different, but form them around that. Spencer mentioned it, but I think, you know, it should not go without saying that reading the portions of scripture that obviously deal with Christ's incarnation is desperately important. However, um, helping our children understand that Christ's first advent had a purpose beyond just being born, um, that, that, it was pointing to something else. And one of the things that we push really hard in the year long celebration of God is seeing how the holidays are, are connected to each other, that they look back to the holidays we celebrated earlier. Um, and they look forward to the holidays that we're going to be celebrating uh, upcoming. So allowing that to look forward to Easter, allowing that to look forward to the consummation, um, looking back to Thanksgiving, you know, are we thankful for the presents we've received and that type of thing, really a super important uh, idea so that all of the holidays in a, in a miniature way end up seeing the the overall big picture of the gospel and our relationship to God and how he's at work in our lives. And I also say though, this idea we've never done, uh, not to any significant degree the other way other people have done it, but I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, is that on Christmas, they they would exchange, like everyone would get like one gift. And that on the children's birthdays, that would be the time of year for them to get like more presents from more people. And that's something that they worked very hard with their, uh, their extended family and everything like that to work that out. If you want to give my child a present, you know, let's focus on giving it to them on their birthday because that's the day that we're celebrating them and, and, and making a big deal out of them, but then saving Christmas, uh, like Eve said, to be able to focus it uh, really on the idea of loving God and serving others uh, really makes it a super beautiful thing and easier to do when you're not having all these presents being thrown at you. Well, that wouldn't work too good for one of my grandkids because his birthday is December 25th. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bonus for him. (laughs) Of course, that's the one where it's like, well, now these count for all your gifts you get nothing else during the year poor kid (laughs) yeah no we made sure that that yeah that was one thing we discussed as a family we're not gonna we're not gonna do that but no that's a that's a really good idea aaron um i like that that thought all right anyone have anything else we'll probably wrap up a little early this episode and go shorter but anyone have anything any other points they they want to make well, I do um, like making, I, I, though, I, though I definitely like his idea about the carnivore Christmas. My uh, daughter and I are baking cookies, but we're baking cookies this year specifically because when we go to this big family gathering, uh, we want to be a blessing to the people there. So if you're going to bake the cookies, at least make sure you don't eat them all. I guess that's my encouragement. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if if nothing else, uh, I want to just wish all of you here and everyone listening a wonderful Christmas and that you might, uh, as we've discussed, that Christ would be the center of it. So with that, next month we'll be back for another Theology Throwdown, and we look forward to talking to you then. God bless. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.